What would you do if you found yourself trapped inside a farmhouse? With three aliens on the inside, and the National Guard surrounding you on the outside. Then we travel to Australia to meet two young boys, brothers, who have finally done the impossible. They cleaned their room. It's clean. Everything looks spotless. Until darkness fell. And it crawled into their room. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. You're like, Jason, really? That's what we're talking about now? Boys cleaning their room and it gets messy? Hold on, you guys gotta have trust in me. And someone who always has trust in me, I believe, maybe not, walking into Dead Rabbit Command are two of our legacy Patreon supporters, longtime supporter of the show, and... They're always swinging by for the Patreon live episode on Sunday. Give it up for Nick and Helena Bustin. Woohoo! Yeah, walk on in, Dead Rabbit Command, little doggies. Come on in, walk on in, Nick and Helena. Actually, I think how it's pronounced. Nick and Helena, you guys are going to be our captain pilot this episode. You guys can't support the show financially. If you guys don't want me to mispronounce your name publicly. That's fine, too. Just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That helps out so, so much. Helena, let's go ahead and get you started off. We're going to toss you the keys to the Dead Rabbit race car. I think this is new. Dead Rabbit race car. Let's hop on board while she's getting everything tuned up. That's her job. She has to like make sure the wheels are on. I'm like, Nick, you're the real one driving. She just has to check the oil. Let's go ahead and hop inside the Dead Rabbit race car. We're going to zoom off all the way out to... Massachusetts. Imagine it's like a little F1 racer. That'd be dope. Have we ever had this before? Specifically, we're headed out to a town called Duxbury in Massachusetts, and there's a place called Bay Road. If you guys are familiar with the encounter, you're like, golly, he's in my neck of the woods. I know where that's at. Well, if you have a time machine, because it doesn't matter where the location is. Well, actually, I guess it is. You could probably go and maybe find this farmhouse. But if you had a time machine, you could go back to February 1996 and take a look at this story for yourself. But you don't, so here I am telling it for you. It's 11.37 p.m. We're walking down Bay Road with this dude. His name is Alan Greenwood. He He's a farmer, but... I know when you hear the word farmer, you think of corn and wheat. This guy farmed cranberries. Alan Greenwood, a cranberry bog farmer, is walking down Bay Road. It's 11.37 p.m. When all of a sudden... You see, a UFO land. This isn't like a typical flying saucer. This is quite a quite an odd-shaped alien spacecraft. He said this landed maybe about a thousand feet away, and he said it was shaped like a baseball bat. This one looked like a baseball bat with three chartreuse lights on the wide end of this UFO. Three chartreuse lights, and a little door opens up. <laughs> Psst. 
And out of this craft walk three white-colored men. And it's interesting terminology, right? If you just said three white dudes, you'd be like, oh, it's other people from Massachusetts. No, they were white-colored. So it implies that they're not human. They're just humanoid. They had big eyes. They walk out of the ship, three white-colored men with big eyes. And they begin walking towards Alan. I imagine Alan's meeting them somewhere in the middle. Thousand, thousand feet's quite a distance. You're just standing there the whole time, like a thousand feet away. These little guys are walking towards you. You're like, uh, come on, guys. It's 1130 at night. I got better things to do. They're walking a thousand feet. I mean, you would want to meet them in the middle. If you didn't if you didn't immediately run away, that is. Right? But you want to be like, as they get close to you, you start backing up. They're like, oh, come on, man. I'm sure they met in the middle. It doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter where they met it. But anyways, what I love about this story, we've covered tons of alien encounters on this show. All of the weirdest ones I can find, and this one's no exception. These three little alien dudes walk off this ship, they walk up to Alan, and Alan pulls out a handgun and takes them hostage. It's like, what are you guys doing here? What are you guys doing here? And they're like, bleep, blop, bloop. We don't know what was said between Alan and the aliens. All we know is that Alan, with a handgun in his hand, forced the three guys, forced these three aliens into a nearby farmhouse and held them hostage. I imagine it would be incredibly difficult to hold really anyone hostage. Three people, one handgun on three people. I mean, you can do it. It happens. And then somehow, we'll get into where this report came from in in an instant. There's some information missing. This whole story is fascinating. He kidnaps these three aliens and forces them at gunpoint to the farmhouse. Somehow, the National Guard gets wind of this. I don't know, it could be the massive UFO sitting on the ground. And the military goes in, they're like, no one's here. That's weird. We found a UFO, Chartouse running lights still on. And there's no one here. And they're like, sir, sir, we found three sets of footprints walking 1,000 feet away. And then four sets of footprints headed towards that farmhouse over there. Good work, private. Round up. Let's go. And then they, all the soldiers ran to the farmhouse. Or it's possible that one of the aliens got to the phone and said, help me. We're being held prisoner. Somehow, the National Guard surrounds the farmhouse. At that point, negotiations begin between Allen and the military. This article ends with the phrase, quote, no other information. But it also has two more words there. Two more words are added onto this. I got this from thinkaboutitdocs.com, one of my favorite UFO websites. I didn't even know it existed until I started doing the show. It's fantastic. This is from thinkaboutitdocs.com. And you'll see a lot of UFO stories end with the words, no more information. It happens. Like, a lot of times it happens when a person who's experiencing some sort of UFO or abduction-related incident doesn't remember. Like, it'll come to just like a, a... They don't remember. They're going through hypnotic regression, and they remember the aliens doing X, Y, and Z, and then no more information. The, the person didn't... Remember what happened, or a subject disappeared. So it's not super common, but it's also not super rare to see no more information listed in 
UFO reports. The way this is phrased completely in thinkaboutitdocs.com says, quote, no other information, and then in parentheses they wrote, media hoax? Question mark? Now, it's really interesting. We've done a lot of stuff from thinkaboutitdocs.com, and I've read maybe ten times the amount of stories that we've actually covered on this show. I read, I mean, there's just so much stuff that we don't cover from thinkaboutitdocs.com. They've used the word hoax in this context only one other time that I've seen. And that was in a story, and they called it out. They said this story was a hoax. Like, they gave all the information, they go, confirmed hoax. We did an episode on it because it was fascinating. It was about some guy who believed that he saw the military shooting this UFO down over on the East Coast. And then that guy ended up going to prison for trying to assassinate a bunch of local congressmen. Because he thought they were covering up this alien menace. I'll put that episode in the show notes. So it was a confirmed hoax. This guy went nuts and was trying to do all this crazy stuff. I've read thousands of accounts. I mean, I don't think that's an exaggeration. Thousands of accounts from thinkaboutadocs.com. I've only found the word hoax used in this context twice now. This and that. So I go, media hoax? I go, that's super fascinating. For someone who's reporting on all of this crazy UFO stuff, for them to call out something as a hoax, it's a, it is a big deal. It really is. You can't throw that word around lightly. So I go, okay, this story may also have this super fascinating backstory. The thing is, I couldn't find any other information about this story except for on thinkaboutitdocs.com. They said they got it from, they said their source was something called the Duxbury Press. That, as far as I can tell, never existed. And again, they're really good with their sourcing as well. Even if they just give a name, I can take a look at that name and then enter it into Google and search around a bit and find out that was a UFO researcher or it still is a UFO researcher. They're doing stuff, selling books on Amazon still. Like, they'll put a name that usually you can track down. I couldn't find anything called the Duxbury Press. There's a newspaper in the area called the Duxbury Clipper. That's been in operation since the 50s, so it's not like the Duxbury Press was previously... There, maybe it was a competing newspaper. I don't know. I could not find any source that that newspaper existed. It's a fascinating story. Was it a media hoax? I wasn't able to find... Not only was I not able to find proof that it was a media hoax, I wasn't able to confirm the story in any way, shape, or form. You know, the thing is, is 1996 was not a long time ago. I was, what, 20 in 1996? But this is one of those stories that, if it happened, this is how it would have played out. Not just with the holding the aliens hostage, but you, you. Here's the thing. This is the way I imagine it. Everyone in town knew good old Alan Greenwood was kind of a nutcase. So the second he had an opportunity to kidnap some aliens, if anyone in town was going to do it, it'd be Alan. The military would get involved. The locals would know that as well. The locals would obviously wonder why there were all of a sudden. Troops surrounding the old farmhouse. And then no one would ever know how it turned out. That would be that. 100% that's how that story would end. Whatever happened to Alan Greenwood? I don't know. The National Guard came out and he was in the house with them three guys that looked like they weren't from around here. And What happened then? I don't know. Did you ever see Alan Greenwood again? Well, you know, some people say... 
they would liquidate that dude. They want that dude. If this story is real, that dude, if he walked out of that farmhouse, he was not long for this world. There is no way, no way that that dude would live to tell that tale for multiple reasons. One, he's basically taken a hostile action against an, an a foreign country, in a sense. It'd be the same thing as if you took a bunch of like Syrian diplomats. They're hanging out in New York, and you took them hostage. You're not long for the world. Either the Syrians are going to get you, or we are. The U.S. military, U.S. secrets. You know what I mean? Like, you'd have to be like, hey, don't don't take him out, gentlemen. We'll do it for you. If he didn't end up locked up in some sort of laboratory. All, all sorts of stuff. The story would end with you never really knowing how it ended. You couldn't hide the fact that the National Guard surrounded this farmhouse. But you could be like, no, Alan has to come with us and answer some questions. And he'll probably spend some time in the drunk... T- you know, a whole bunch of stuff. But this dude would not be long for the world. You can't kidnap aliens and get away with it. So the fact that it ends with, quote, no more information is exactly how it would be in real life. Even locals who saw this, if this did actually happen, you know, you would see National Guard. He, he eventually would give up. He's surrounded by the National Guard. They'd pull him out. The little aliens would be hustled back to their ship. Oh, no, they, were, they weren't really aliens. They were... Guys in suits are filming some new Star Wars movie, and you know, old Alan. They'd have a hundred cover stories, and if they just if they just stormed the farmhouse, you would be like, "Oh no, no, everyone's fine." But we had to take Alan to hospital. He didn't get shot. He didn't get shot in the brain multiple times. That was special effects from that movie. That's exactly how these stories would end up. It's fascinating, though. I, I and this is one of the stories that, if it is a media hoax, I would love to hear that angle of it as well. Who did it and why? If this story, if someone contacts me after this is done, like they have before, like the Civil War ghost story or the Lone Pine Devils, and someone's like, oh, no, that's a confirmed media hoax, and I would love to hear that story as well. Because, like, why did they do it? What was the point of the joke? Fascinating stuff. Fascinating stuff. I think... If aliens show up, we've talked about it on this several times on the show about fighting back, about beating up gray aliens, how weak they are. Little tiny white-skinned men walking around ships thinking they're all fancy with their chartreuse lights. You could beat them up. You could take them. But when I say stuff like that, I hope I'm very clear. I'm not saying take them hostage. I'm not saying like, oh, now it's my time to do the laser probe on your brain. No, just beat them up. Just rough them up a bit. That's what I'm saying. Just rough them up a bit. Show them what's what. I, Jason Carpenter, or Ted Reverie, who do not endorse taking aliens hostage. It will end badly for you. Beating them up might not, beating them up might not be a great idea either, but uh, you can just save a self-defense and you were panicked. Nick, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Carpenter Copter. Helena, hop on board as well. We are leaving behind this farm Fly us all the way out to the land down under. Australia. The penal colony continent. Big giant piece of land. It's beautiful when you look at it on the globe. Or as I called it yesterday, the glob. I still don't know what I was thinking. We're flying out to the beautiful land of Australia. We're about to meet a little boy. His name is Marcus. Marcus is a six-year-old boy, and his older brother is named Cain. I don't, we don't have an age for him, but Marcus and Cain in this house, they have just done the impossible. They've cleaned their room. 
they're good boys. They went and they took all their toys and put them away and put their clothes in the wardrobe. They've picked up the banana peels and the chunks of meat and thrown them in the proper garbage can. The room's clean. The room, ding, little sparkle on it. And the parents come in and they go, see, Marcus and Kane, see what a clean room looks like. You can actually see the carpet. We can actually see you. Previously, we would just see two lumps moving underneath all the dirt and the refuse. But now, aren't you guys proud of a job well done? And they're like, yeah, we did it. We cleaned our room. It's great. Great job, kids. Well, a couple nights later, they're asleep. Marcus and Kane are asleep. They have bunk beds. So Marcus is on the bottom bunk and Kane's on the top bunk. And something wakes Marcus up early, early in the morning. He hears his dad walking through the house. That's normal. Dad's normally walking around the house six in the morning to get ready to go to work. Marcus opens his eyes. Stomp. 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 But he quickly realizes that this is not his dad walking around. In fact, he doesn't hear his dad walking in the house at all. So Marcus starts to think, wow, it must be earlier than I thought. Dad's normally stomping around at six in the morning. It must be like four or five if dad's not up. What's that stomping going on? And he realizes he's hearing it outside. Whatever is making this sound, he compared it to the sound of uh, heavy steel-toed boots stomping around. He goes, I heard them out by the back door of the house. And now I hear them in the house. Stomp. 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 They're coming down the hallway. Stomp. 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 They're approaching the open bedroom door. Stomp. 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 Marcus is staring at this open bedroom door. And suddenly, he sees it. He said, it appeared first at the top of the door. Almost like it had been walking along the ceiling and it was now entering the bedroom. It was coming from the top of the door. What he saw was a massive spider with a grinning human head. He's looking at this huge creature slowly crawling into the bedroom, eight legs scuttling across the ceiling. It's large. It, the head was the size of a human's head. And the body was proportional to that. It was just this large black spider with this human head. This wide grin of razor sharp teeth. And it's staring straight into Marcus's eyes. And Marcus can't look away. The spider's still moving around the room, but it's staring straight at Marcus as its legs continue to scuttle and crawl around the ceiling and down the wall until it reaches the wardrobe. The creature then opens up the wardrobe and begins pulling out the boy's clothing and throwing it around the room. In an instant, Marcus is watching all of the work that him and his brother had done be undone by this monstrosity. 
by this creature who invaded the house this night. Marcus is terrified. I think any human would be terrified, but you imagine a six-year-old boy at night. Be a hundred times worse. You see this giant spider-like creature with a human-sized head smiling at you with razor-sharp teeth. Marcus is laying there in bed and he goes, Kane, Kane, are you awake? Yeah, Kane responds. And a moment of quiet fills the room as this creature is continuing to throw clothes around. And then Kane goes, I see it too. Marcus threw the covers over his head and huddled underneath his blankets as he continued to hear this creature scuttle around, making a huge mess, emptying the wardrobe back on the floor. And then at some point, it simply left. But both the boys woke up to this messy room. It wasn't a dream. Something happened. And the next morning, Marcus and Kane were talking about what happened last night. And Marcus was like, you saw that last night, right? They're standing among a sea of clothes at this point. And they're looking for something to wear. Marcus goes, you saw that last night? And Kane's like, yeah, I did. I saw that. And Marcus goes, well, what are we going to do? What Are we, we going to tell mom and dad? And Kane goes, listen, don't tell anybody. They're not going to believe it. Just keep it between us because nobody's going to believe this. And apparently Marcus did try telling people because he basically says, yeah, they didn't believe me. They didn't believe me at all when I told them about this. The spider that crawled in the house in the middle of the night and made their room a mess. Obviously the parents would be like, guys, you just spent such a long time cleaning that up. Why did you make it all messy? If you say, well, a giant spider came in my house last night, they're not going to believe you. No parent would. Marcus posted this story online underneath the username Seen Paranormal Things. And normally when I see a username like that, I go, what's the validity of this story? Is this someone just looking for attention? They're like, and then next week they fight a dragon, and then one time they, they take a bunch of aliens hostage in a farmhouse. You know what I mean? Like sometimes we see these accounts that just make stuff up. This looks like a throwaway account. They mostly, there's a fairly new account. They mentioned this and then they kind of talked about one or two like hobby things they were doing on other, other boards. But I saw this and I go, okay, that's probably just a throwaway account. They wanted to talk about this. And what's interesting is I would say, I can't put a percentage on it, but it was enough that even Marcus was coming back because that's not his real name. Marcus was coming back and saying, guys, this is actually like a terrifying event for me because most of the comments, like the ones I saw, ones you'd see maybe 70 to 80% were, ha ha, Australia, that's what I thought. Oh, it's Australia, eh? What did you expect? Oh man, those bugs in Australia. When I saw Australia in the headline, I knew what was coming. It was just all these stupid jokes. And he was responding to him at a certain point. He goes, guys, this is like, I'm trying to tell you something that actually happened. Like everyone's just, and this was on like a paranormal board as well. This was on uh, humanoid encounters. And that was where it was found. And people were like, Australia, that doesn't surprise me. And it's like, but what's interesting about this, despite all those stupid remarks, what's super interesting about this is he's not alone. There was probably like 500 comments. A good amount of them was, maybe not that many, let's say two, 300 comments. 
A good amount of them were Australia jokes. But just through a cursory look, because I was trying to find... He drew a picture. He didn't include his account at first. He drew a picture, and then I had to go through the comments to find what he was actually saying about it. I found multiple accounts of a similar creature all over the world. So many so that I couldn't even cover them all. I picked two of them. Let's take a look here. Down in South Africa, we're going to meet a young man, an 18-year-old boy. We'll go ahead and call him Johnny. Johnny, living in South Africa on the Eastern Cape, he said his family, when he was 18 years old, moved out to an old farm that had been built in the late 1800s. One night, five in the morning, Interesting, you know, this it happening around the same time as the first story. It's five in the morning. He said, I walked into the bathroom and I see this massive spider in the bathroom. He, he, he estimated it was the size of about a medium sized dog. It was standing there in the bathroom. I don't know if it was on the ground. Or on the wall or on the ceiling. I know you now no longer have to use the bathroom. You just went. You see this spider the size of a medium-billed dog. And its head was a human skull. Not a little human skull design on the fur. It had a human skull the size of a human skull as a head. And he said, I walked into the bathroom... I looked at it, and I stared at it for almost 20 seconds. There was just this time period where I couldn't move. And it's looking back at me, these dark sockets just staring into my soul, and then it simply scurried away into the darkness. He said, he posted on this story online under the username Joro Gumo. He goes, when we first moved in, I remember hearing the scuttlebutt around town. The rumor in the area is the previous owner was known for wrapping the house in fencing wire and smearing the fencing wire with animal fat. This is weird. Why are you doing this? And the previous owner said, late at night, demons, what he called them, demons would crawl out of the river and enter my house. And he figured out the way to keep himself safe from these creatures crawling out of the darkness was to wrap his house in fencing wire and cover it in animal fat. Which, of course, the new owners wouldn't do that, right? They'd go on some weird kook. They're running down. A bunch of demons are running up behind them. They're like, ah, put it back, put it back. Creepy story. You have a giant spider with the size of a human head. Let's travel to a suburban neighborhood. This is a story we don't have an exact location for. A user by the name Helicopter Spirited 65 tells us a story that happened back in the early 1970s. He was seven years old. Early 1970s, he was seven years old. Actually, if he was born in 19... Let's say 1972, right? If he really was born in 65 and he was seven years old. He was playing with the neighborhood kids. And some of his relatives had come out and they were hanging out and they are all playing with neighborhood kids. And they decided to all play a big game of hide-and-go-seek. He said, I was there with another boy and a girl that were visiting us from out of town. We're all playing hide-and-go-seek, so we'll go ahead and call this guy Billy, and then he has two friends. 
Billy's running around and they hide as a group. They're playing this big game of hide and go seek and him and the boy and the girl hide as a group and they're in this area behind a house, his house. They're hiding. And all of a sudden, the little girl starts to scream. She's screaming her head off. And Billy looks at her and sees that she's looking at something behind him. And she's just terrified. She's letting off this ear-piercing shout. And Billy turns around and he looks. And on the wall, about the size of a dinner plate, he sees a huge spider with a human face. All of these all of these creatures have similar appearances. The second one had a skull. The first one we covered had a human head. This one it's described as a human face. So I don't know if the human I don't know if it's a patch of fleshy skin placed against the spider's abdomen where it's like the face is slowly coming out of the spider's body or if when he's saying human face he means the same thing where it's like a separate appendage a human head staring off at them but again those are kind of semantics you turn around you look you see a spider the size of a dinner plate with a human face and this one also huge smile huge smile he compares it to the cheshire cat just staring at these children all three kids ran away screaming and in a, in a phrase that we'll see also in a lot of paranormal stories, especially ones of high, high strangeness. We don't see a lot of these in ghost stories, but sometimes when we're looking at forces far beyond what we would normally consider paranormal, he ends it by saying, quote, that's all I remember that day. Now, it doesn't mean that's because of his age. As time goes on, you know, you're like, oh, I've experienced a lot in my life. That spider thing. Eh, I don't really remember how that story ended. But sometimes when it, we see this in alien stories, we'll have stories that, like I said in the beginning, no more information. It's possible that what these people are seeing are so uniquely powerful that they can either create trauma that's so awful your brain blocks it out, or they can, like an alien shut down your ability to retain memories. It could be his age. It could be the fact that whatever this was... I mean, for all we know, it chased them down, chased these three kids down and did horrible things to their body and their mind. He doesn't remember. He doesn't remember telling the parents. He doesn't remember the reaction of the other neighborhood kids. Whether or not they went back on a search party and found it empty, he doesn't remember anything. Like I said, there are other stories listed here. And it makes you think, how common is this creature? We've covered giant spiders twice on this show. One is like one of my favorite paranormal stories ever about the giant spider of Paris. The police were on the hunt for a serial killer. And instead they found this giant spider's cavern near the catacombs of Paris. I love that story. That's one of the stories that I read, like, I don't know, 20 years ago. And I was always intrigued by it. We also covered the Jabba Fofi, I think it was, 
called Super Early Episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. It was from the Conspiracy Theory Iceberg. There was the idea that there's a porn video out there of a woman having sex with a giant spider. We weren't able to confirm that existed. We did think that there's possibly, most likely there is, a video of a woman having sex with a giant crab. There is a particular type of crab that that is basically, you know, the size of a human, or half the size of a human. So we go, there might be a porn video out there of that, probably. We know how sick and rich people can be. If someone really wants a video of a woman banging a snow crab or whatever it was, they're going to get it. They'll pay for it, but... Do these creatures exist? Those are standard spiders, too. I mean, this one, obviously, there's a monstrous head popping off of it. Now, here's the thing. You could honestly, as a skeptic, say, a spider the size of a dinner plate is not out of the realm of possibility. Like, you can get a spider, and also the terror of a little kid seeing a spider, they may imagine it as bigger than it actually is. The spider may have been the size of a saucer plate, a little teacup plate, but instead in the mind, it's that big. But remember, the second story was an 18-year-old. You know, he's obviously not, I'm not saying that 18-year-olds don't exaggerate, but he doesn't have the same, when he's looking at it, he's looking at it as an adult. And also it had a human skull for a head. That's the thing that these things have, is they have a human head. What are these things? I always find it fascinating when someone tells a story online, and he probably thought he was the only person who ever experienced it, and then other people are like, oh my god, Like I thought I was the only person who ever experienced it. It's a terrifying thought. It really is. We spend so much time looking for aliens in space, building these massive telescopes to hopefully pick up any trace of intelligence outside the planet. And I'm not against that. I think that's a noble and really cool thing to do. We spend a lot of time scouring the woods, looking for a trace of Bigfoot, collecting little pieces of hair and plaster casts of footprints, which is awesome. I'm not bagging on that either. But it's possible that we're missing a piece of this puzzle that we don't even have to go looking for. It comes to us. It crawls into our bedrooms. It hides in the darkness of our bathrooms. It scuttles along the outside of our house in broad daylight. These kids were playing this game in the afternoon. The giant spider with the human head. I'm not saying that these cryptids, or whatever, I mean, is it a demon? Is it interdimensional? Who knows what this thing is? I'm not saying that... They're everywhere, but they're probably more common than we would like to think. And we're not even looking for them. We're not even looking for them. All of these experiences, they thought they were the only ones. So how many other times have people seen these? And, like Kane said, no one's going to believe you. A giant spider with a human head? Don't even tell anybody about it. Wisdom from an older brother. So how many people have experienced these things, seen these things, 
and just kept their mouth shut because it sounds so ridiculous. And it's so terrifying. Is it a spider with the intelligence of a human? Is it a human slowly turning into a spider? Is it a demon mocking us, taking this grotesque form, reaching into our deepest fears to develop this eight-legged, harried, gross body? A disgusting caricature of a human head with grinning teeth? It's almost too horrific to come face-to-face with. And I wonder how many are out there. I wonder how many people have seen these. And I wonder how many times when you hear a noise late at night in your house or just outside your window, I wonder how many times it's one of these creatures scuttling around in the darkness. You may brush it off as, oh, it's just the house settling. Oh, it's just the wind. Oh, it's just nothing. You don't want to see it. So you ignore the sound. There's safety in believing that these things don't exist. But if they do, whether or not you turn to look at it, it is looking at you. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. credit card bill.